I think it's one of the reasons why I never had like a huge athlete roster. Um, and I, I think part of that is just because for me, I, I can't help but get emotionally invested. It's just my nature. Uh, you know, I, I think that when an athlete trusts their livelihood with you, you can't help but love that person. You can't help but feel a special bond with them. And I'm actually getting choked up about it. Um, Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Rudowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, I just want to give a quick shout out here to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, um, on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Any of you who know me well or know, um, you know, have listened on the podcast know that I've struggled with my double under journey since I started doing CrossFit about eight years ago. Um, I started um, learning the skill by using um, a speed rope, a very thin, small handled um, speed rope. And I started to develop really bad habits with that. I could never get the timing down. So I started with donkey kicking and then piking while I was jumping. And then I would just get so exhausted um, just because I was so tense while trying to learn that. When I finally switched over to the RX Smart Gear rope, I got a little bit of a thicker cable, which helped um, more with that timing and learning the cadence of it. And then the handles were so much more comfortable to be able to kind of focus on. And one of the cues I always like to use is like I'm flipping over pancakes. And so those handles made um, that much more comfortable for me. Um, I'm not a girl that's into a lot of gear for doing CrossFit or, you know, I'm not somebody that needs to have a gear for this particular movement and this movement, but the jump rope is one thing that I recommend for um, all athletes that I coach and, and just other friends who are, are working on trying to improve their double under. So shout out to RX Smart Gear and um, it's definitely helped me and I hope it helps you. If you're looking to purchase an RX Smart Gear rope, you can use um, our code, which is Clydesdale 15, all caps for 15% off. Um, that does not include limited editions or new releases. All right. See you next time. Record on this computer. There you go. There you go. Okay. So I'd be remiss if I didn't just say, how was your week? Oh, <laughs> uh, I tell you, it was, um, 
obviously it was it was fantastic but beyond just being successful i i think everyone who was there can agree um the fact that there were only 10 athletes the fact that there were only 10 coaches the fact that we were in a bubble the fact that you know the tumultuous times that we're in i think all of us just feel extremely honored and grateful to be able to experience what we experienced um because i uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I say hopefully because the world hopefully will be in a better place for, for the next games. But I assume that, that that experience will be kind of a once in a lifetime thing for all of us. Um, and I don't think that it should be acknowledged lightly. I think we, we all are extremely grateful that we were there. Uh, and the way it turned out, obviously, was was incredible. But regardless of how it turned out, it would have been an extremely special week simply yeah. because of, of the circumstances. So. Yeah, and it, it's funny, us as fans of the sport, we were sort of going into this game season sort of knowing that it was delayed a few times and things were changing that we kept saying, like, does there need to be an asterisk on this year? And, you know, are the winners really the winners? And I think after experiencing it, it's quite the opposite. And that, yeah. yeah, there's an asterisk on it, but not because it was easy or, you know, a, a slam dunk, but more because it was probably the most challenging um, for those 10 athletes and, and so unique. So the fact that we got to experience that was just super, super cool off the charts. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I, I don't think there's any question um, after phase one, you know, obviously that was a cool experience too. And we, we can go into that, but um phase two was you know just just the just the whole vibe you know being there I think there was times where you know when we first got there and everyone had to be tested for COVID obviously you're you're everybody feels okay but you're not sure I mean you're seeing all these tests coming back positive from people who are asymptomatic and all these other sports you don't want to be that person right yeah. uh you don't want to put anyone else in, in jeopardy or at risk so when that came back I think that was Everyone could breathe a sigh of relief there. Uh, and then obviously once the competition started, um, it was, it was just special being with everyone. I think a lot of the coaches, you know, I had, I had spent some time with, with some of the coaches, obviously um, Shane and I actually have spent a lot of time. Uh, we, we usually hang out a lot at, at these competitions, but I hadn't been able to spend a lot of time with uh with Max, you know, Noah's coach and, and Adam, Justin's coach, and just, just being around people and bonding. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the relationships that you have and, or, or that you make, you know, with, with the athletes and whatnot, it's, uh, it, it was, it was amazing. And I thought CrossFit should be commended for really sticking to their guns and um, allowing these athletes to compete. You know, the fact that they gave them an outlet to compete during this year when it would have been, it would have been easy to say no, you know, it would have been easy to just be like, okay, let's fold up shop. Let's come back next year. The fact that they stayed committed to it and they gave them this opportunity was incredibly special. And, um, you know, I've said it now for the past few days, we really can feel the difference in the regime. Uh, I think a lot of us mm. were ex extremely, and I know I was, and, and especially with the box that I own, we were kind of on the fence as to what we were going to do, whether we were going to disaffiliate or, you know, we, we rebranded to Dynamics Fitness as opposed to CrossFit Dynamics uh, during everything that happened with Greg. 
uh, getting a chance to meet Eric and spend time with Eric and, and also with, with Dave uh, this, this past week and see the, the difference in the way we were treated as coaches, because I think in the past uh, CrossFit has been extremely disrespectful to coaches. Um, but I think this week there was a, a change and, and I'm hoping that we will continue to see that change moving forward and we'll see the evolution of the sport in a, in a positive way. Yeah. And I, I think we, as, you know, as athletes and, you know, amateur athletes of the sport too, I think we're all hoping that that change continues yeah. for sure with the next season. Um, well, and let's I, have, just, I have a quick follow-up to what he just said. Yeah. Justin, I, I've worked security at a lot of the regionals before. <clears throat> and I know that like, we weren't allowed to let coaches back in athlete village with it, with the athletes. And it just didn't make a lot of sense to me working that, that door to athlete village is that what you're saying that the, the climate change is a little bit different? So in the past, and I'm, I've been extremely outspoken about it uh, and it's cost me a little bit as far as um, my relationship with Dave and HQ. Uh, you know, also my, my relationship with some of my athletes and defending some of my athletes in the past. Um, but the, the, the phrase spectators with limited access, right? That's the phrase that would always be thrown out in every email from HQ about coaches when it came to competitions. You guys are, quote unquote, spectators with limited access. Tell me another sport where they're going to send an email to the coaches of the elite athletes in the world in that sport. And they're going to tell them you guys are spectators with limited access. And it was a, it was a kick in the nuts every time we would get that email and it would get worse and worse every year because the, the limited access would become more and more limited every single year. Uh, and frankly, it was to me, it was a sign of disrespect, not just to the coaches, but also to the athletes, because, you know, if you want your athlete to, or you want these athletes to compete at the highest level, um, and you're not going to give them access to the coaches, which, which is only going to help. It, it just never made a lot of sense to me. And I always felt like it was a power play. Um, you know, this is your place. You guys are over there, you know, you guys, you have to buy your own tickets to get in. You've got to, uh, you know, you can't, there's no viewing area for you. Um, so you're back there with the athlete and warm up area. And then when it's time to go watch, there's nowhere to watch. There's nowhere for us to go and watch. Um, and so I, I think, you know, the access this year, especially in obviously in phase one where we were right there and then, and then at the games, you know, there were still, there was still some, some sometimes where I felt like the ball was dropped and we could have been gotten a little more access, but honestly, compared to the past, it was phenomenal. Uh, and, and I hope that it continues to get better. Um, because like I said, I, I think if you're going to consider yourself a professional sport, then you've, you've got to act like one and you, you can't just, you know, you, you can't just, pick and choose to make these arbitrary rules. And one of them is, is the way they treat coaches, you know? So in layman's terms, it's like telling a baseball manager, you can hang out with the athletes in the batting cage, 
but when they're out on the field, they they're on their own. They're on their own, and you got to go sit back <laughs> in the locker room. Yeah, right. Go sit in the locker room. You don't have any. You you have no in-game effect on them whatsoever, right? So it's all preparatory, and then when they get out there, they're on their own, uh, and then you know you 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 don't have any access whatsoever at any point. Um, so yeah, so I. I thought that the difference there in these games was, was fantastic. Uh, and I felt like there were, there were definitely specific points during the competition where, you know, not, not just for, for Carrie and I, but, but for the other athletes as well, there were specific points where uh, getting a coaching cue or, or getting that support that you need um, was, was enormous. You know, I, I, I think there were, there were times you know, that, that you could, you could see it. Uh, and I, I specifically in Atlanta for us, I, I felt like, you know, she probably wanted to kill me, um, <laughs> halfway through it. And she, you know, she did say that to me. <laughs> um, but, but she also said, you know, I, but I heard you and I, and I, and I knew that cat, you know, Catherine, the cat was gaining on me and, and, and the pull-ups. And I knew that I had to pick it up those last 50 and then I knew I had to just essentially go for broke on that last mile. I mean, I just had to go, you know. And um, so that, that's, a, that's an example where I, I think it was, it was huge for the athlete to have. You know, yeah, it, a, turns a out she, it turns out she listened to you on that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <did>. even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she usually yeah. does. She's pretty, she's pretty amazing, so. So, yeah. so Carrie's performance in that Atalanta will probably go down in history as, you know, one of the one of the one of the most incredible moments in our sport yeah. um, along with her performance in mary in 2019 right where she yeah. beat all the guys and just was incredibly poised during that whole workout so tell me what was going through your head when she's in fifth place and you're looking mm. you know down the tunnel of this workout and it's announced and it is you know basically murph and mary two of the things that she has yeah. won at the CrossFit games. Like yeah. how much of a gift did that sure. feel like? Uh, after the morning session, when we knew those two workouts were going to be the toughest for her all weekend. Uh, it, in my head, I was, I was like, man, he was, he was bound to throw us a bone at some point. Right. <laughs> um, we hadn't gotten handstand pushups all weekend. We hadn't gotten ring muscle ups. We hadn't gotten, um, you know, pull-ups. We hadn't gotten a lot of the, the, the skill stuff that Carrie is known for, obviously. And she was still hanging tough. And, and obviously, you know, we were second going into that third day and, and we just knew those two events were, were going to be really challenging for us. Uh, she hadn't had a fifth place finish all weekend. And, you know, those, those two events, you know, she gave it her all, but they're just truthfully not not in her wheelhouse you know swimming is is something we've worked hard on but it's compared to the other athletes she's not a strong swimmer um and uh sprinting and and pushing a sled she's she's just not she's not extremely she's an incredible an incredible athlete i want to say she's an incredibly powerful athlete uh and and that event she struggled with the sprint last year and she struggled with the sled last year and as you know, we've worked hard on that stuff, but when you're in the top five at the CrossFit games against women like T.O. or Brooke, who are extremely powerful, you know, you can see the difference there. Um, so when, you know, we, but, but to be perfectly honest with you, she was in a phenomenal mind frame the whole time. She never got down on herself. We knew we were, 
we knew that it was going to come down to the last workout essentially all weekend, right? Uh, we had an idea um, that Tia, if Tia does what Tia does, you know, Tia was, Tia was probably going to be out front. And then the podium was probably going to be in reach for everybody else. And it would come down to the final workout. That's just the way the point scheme was this year. Um, and we were sitting in the ranch, you know, in the barn and, um, he came out and, and Dave, you know, was, was talking about kind of how they came up with this. And he started talking about Murph and then, you know, uh, how they then took out the inside and then plugged it back in with Mary. And I think both of us just knew, you know, that, that everything that we want is right in front of us. Now you just got to go take it. Right. Like, I mean, that's it. You got to take it. And you know, but you still have to do it. You know, you can, you have a workout that's great for you, but so what, you know what I mean? There were, there were plenty of workouts. I'm sure that some of the athletes thought were great for them this weekend. And then it turns out, ah, you know, it, it, the performance wasn't, you didn't execute. Uh, and she still had to execute, you know, she still had to do the things necessary after doing 11 other events the last few days, you know, the, the oldest athlete in the, in the, in the, on the field, you know, she, she was the oldest athlete at, in the top five on the, on the men's and women's side. Um, so, you, you know, you never know how you're going to recover, how you're going to feel, but you know, if there's one thing I know about Carrie is that she's, uh, you know, she's the most mentally tough and physically tough athlete that I've ever been able to coach. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had the privilege, uh, privilege of coaching a lot of games athletes over the years. Uh, but she, she may not be the most talented, but she's the most disciplined and, and tough. And I think that's what you needed to be on that workout. You just had to be tough because you knew it was going to hurt and you knew it was going to be a grind. Uh, but if you want to, you know, create that legacy for yourself and you don't know how often you're going to be in that opportunity, right? Like you don't know how often you're going to have that shot at the podium last year we went for it and, and she slipped off of the rings and it cost her a podium spot and you're there again and you don't want to end your career saying that I didn't give it my my best shot and I didn't try as hard as I could even if I fall down even if it if I don't succeed I have to go for it and I think we knew at that moment, like, okay, we've got something we can see, sink our teeth into. And now, you know, we got to go for it. Yeah. Um, I, she definitely, you know, does well with adversity. Talk a little bit about, you know, you guys were in New York when uh, COVID hit, yeah. right? And you made some pretty big changes, you know, presumably for her. Um, yeah. So how did, how did that all shake out? Yeah. So, uh, so I own a box in, in, uh, in New York, CrossFit Dynamics. Uh, we've had a lot of, of success in the past, you know, in, at the games with teams and, and, and athletes and, and such. Um, but, you know, New York was hit incredibly hard with COVID. I mean, just like everywhere else. But, you know, New York, um, you know, we were shut down and there really was no – I would say there was no end in sight as far as, you know, when these shutdowns were, were, were going to stop. And, you know, my wife and, and I, um, we have, so the, the week the pandemic hit, um, 
we also had my wife gave birth to our son. So the pandemic hit, our business was shut down and my wife gave birth to our son, Jackson, the same week. No big um, deal. No big deal. <laughs> so, you know, we were trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? And, and you start to see, um, you know, what's happening with the box and, and, you know, we live in New York cost of living is, is expensive, obviously. Um, you know, we, we really racked our brains as to what we wanted, what, what we, you know, could do as far as what are we going to do with the box? We we've owned this business for almost 10 years. We have an incredible community. We don't want to give up the community. Uh, we don't want to let them down. Um, we're also losing five figures a month. Um, so what's the best case scenario? It's, it's interesting is, we were talking and, and uh, so one of the athletes that I coach, you, you guys have had a chance to sp- speak with him and, and, and that's Ryan Elrod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan and, and I were just kind of talking one day and I was venting about what was going on in New York and, and Elrod was like, whoa, well, why don't you just move out to Vegas? And um, so my wife and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, hmm, well, we have a GM in place. Uh, we, we started to seriously kind of take a look at, okay, what if New York comes back, but then what if New York gets shut down again in the wintertime and we're quarantined with a three-year-old and a seven-month-old? Well, at that time, he'll be, he'll be 10, 10 months old. But, you know, with a, with a baby and, and a, a, you know, a, a, another, we are, our daughter is under four. Um, and, and you know, our, our rent where we're living is extremely high. Our, our cost of living is extremely high. So we really, you know, I took a trip out to Vegas and I looked at places and we kind of crunched the numbers. And, it, and to be honest with you, it was a bit of a no brainer for us. We were able to, um, you know, salvage dynamics um, because we were able to cut the, the draw that we were taking. Uh, we were able to cut expenses um, you know, we really streamlined a lot of things there. And then we were able to cut our cost of living by like 40% by moving here. Um, plus, I mean, I don't know if you can see it right now, but yeah. <laughs> this is every day. It's, you know, <laughs> so, uh, and, and we were able to be outside and, and we're able to, to, to be, you know, for the kids, it's, it's pretty amazing. We have, you know, we have a beautiful house. And so, you know, so we had sat down and we talked to Carrie about it and, and Carrie was planning on moving out to Queens to be closer to us because she was on the Upper West Side. Um, and I said, Carrie, this is what we're thinking of doing. I said, I, you know, I think it would be beneficial for you too. you know, we, we, Vegas is in, we're close to Mount Charleston. It's at elevation. There's all these phenomenal things. There's not really much holding you here. What do you think? And it took her about five seconds. Um, and she, she was like, oh, yeah. She's like, let's go. So we made that decision in July. Uh, we, we hopped in two cars, my wife and I, and, and two cars, two kids, drove across the country six days to Vegas. Uh, moving company met us out here. And, um, you know, I, I, it's, it's been great. I miss New York and I miss, I miss the box and I miss our community. But when, unfortunately, Nevada's on the quarantine list in New York, so I can't even fly back right now. But my plan is to go back and forth. Uh, and my plan is for us eventually to open Dy- a Dynamics Vegas. Uh, so 
So, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff in, in the mix, but as far as training is concerned, I think it was great for, for Carrie because she was able to come here and uh, CrossFit culmination has been amazing and in, in, in hosting, you know, her and, and some of the other athletes that I coach actually have come out and been able to train with her. And obviously Elrod's there and Elrod and, and she have been training partners. And of course, it's unfortunate for Elrod, the games got canceled for masters. Uh, but I really, I feel like for him, it was pretty awesome that Carrie came and, and he was able to be a part of, of her success for the season. Um, you know, is he such a good dude? And, and he's really had kind of the, the kind of, the, you know, a, sh- a shit burger as far as luck is concerned over the last yep. several years with the games, uh, you know, and, uh, I really felt like he had a good chance to win this year. Uh, so, so that was, you know, but, but I, I, like I said, I think being there and, and being Carrie's training partner and, and being able to be there for the stretch run with everything. And he tested a lot of the workouts for us, especially in phase one. So that was, he was an integral, an integral part in, in her success as well. That was a very awesome. long winded answer no. to the, to the Vegas question, but. Anyway, no, that was yeah. great. I wanted I wanted to make sure we got to sort of the nuts and bolts of, you know, the last few months of your life before we start sort of digging into the past a little bit, because yeah. you've you've got a very cool past. Um, I refer to you as the best dressed coach in the world. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm a huge I'm a huge grid fan, if you okay. ha- can't tell. Um, cool. And a brawlers fan at that. So oh. I, have a, I live in Delaware. Um, so Chris Clyde you know, as an athlete cool. that I see very regularly, Vinny Casey is a, yeah. is a buddy of mine. Um, and I've been a brawlers fan forever. So brawl out, baby brawl out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to find my little bracelet. I couldn't find it, but That's I still cool. have one of those as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. so take us back to sort of prior to prior to coaching where like when Di- dynamics first started back in mm-hmm. what, 2010, 10? 10. Okay. Yeah. End of 2010, we affiliated, we opened into a, a really small little space. Uh, we were dynamics gym first, and then we expanded to, to be CrossFit dynamics. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a cool time. You know, uh, I had transitioned. I don't, I don't know if you guys know, I was a professional recording artist. So I was, a I was a singer, um, for, for 10 years and yeah, we, we've uh, checked out your album. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's really good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's a, it feels like a different life, but, but, uh, but, but it was cool in the sense that, um, you know, fitness. I also, I played, I played college sports as well. Um, I played basketball and I was, I was also captain of the golf team at the university of Pennsylvania. Uh, so I, I played athletics my whole life. Uh, and I was, I was even, even as a singer, I was big into fitness and always training and, uh, so when I kind of transitioned out of fitness, uh, and a buddy of mine and I really got heavily into functional fitness, uh, we got big into like CrossFit when it was, nobody knew what was going on. And also there was a, a, um, a website called Jim Jones back in the day, um, that, that like Mark Twight and those guys were, were doing a lot of like power endurance training. And it was all the, all the, the guys from the movie 300, you know, they did that training and stuff. So, so we were doing that. And then we ended up um, working in a, in a Globo gym back in 2008 and coaching. We, we taught a class. They would only allow us to, to do functional fitness uh, one day a week at midnight on Thursday nights. 
Uh, it was called Midnight Madness, and we developed a little bit of a cult following. Um, myself and, and my buddy Steve Service, who, who's a great coach uh, in his own right, and um, and you know, it, it, I, I started coaching people in that style, and and then eventually I just got tired of working for people who who still thought the world was flat. Um, so <laughs> I went out on my own and. Um, my wife now, um, at the time she wasn't, she was a friend and, and she was one of my coaches. And then we, we, um, you know, uh, our romantic relationship developed from there, but, uh, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible at the beginning. We had this mantra. Our motto was change your fitness, change your life. And, and we quickly developed this incredible community in Astoria, New York. And, what I also wanted to do though, was I had a very clear vision that I, I wanted to create an incredibly close community and family, but I also wanted to create um, an, a, a very, very elite competitive feel in the gym. I wanted, I wanted, I'm an unbelievably competitive person. It's just my nature. And I, I, I at the time was already pretty broken as an athlete physically I'd had three knee surgeries on my left knee from basketball and golf, et cetera. And I, I did compete a little bit at the beginning. I competed on our team at regionals in 2012. Um, but I, I, I was at that point already transitioning into coaching full time. Um, and so I knew that my goal was to, you know, have this amazing community, but also to, to coach elite athletes, to have teams that go to the games, to have individuals that go to the games, to coach athletes around the world that go to the games. And, um, and, and, and that started relatively early. Um, my first, I was on the first like coaching team that I was on. Um, I was, you know, my buddy, Steve and I helped coach uh, a female athlete in 2010 who went to the games who finished in the top five. And then I, you know, from there, we, we started, co I, I started coaching a lot of athletes. A lot of people started coming to dynamics. So, How so you, I'm, curious, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm curious, do you have a coaching mentor yourself? Somebody that you look up to? Yeah. That's funny that you say that. So uh, when I was a kid, um, there was a bunch of us in the Broward Dade County area who were kind of top high school athletes. He probably doesn't even know this. I don't know if he even remembers me. Uh, but the first like coach that I had who was a coach, you know, not not like you have PE class, you know, at, at but you know, like the first time I ever worked with someone who who knew how to squat and knew how to coach someone in Olympic weightlifting and someone who put me on a nutrition program and someone who really had an effect on my performance as an athlete he's the strength he's the uh strength coach for the miami heat his name is bill ferran uh and he's a legend he's a hall of famer in in the strength and conditioning community and he was my first coach uh and i look back to the effect that he had on me as an athlete and and um learning the the proper technique and learning you know programming and understanding that stuff, you know, even as a young athlete and, and taking it seriously. Uh, and I would say that that was probably the first, you know, now that I, if I look back at it um, 
And then I would say, like I said, I, I think, um, you know, my, my buddy, Steve, who I just mentioned, um, you know, more recently, uh, who, you know, I think just taught, taught me to kind of look outside the box when it came to fitness and, and, uh, we kind of did discovered a lot of things together, discovered how to do a lot of things and discovered how to not do a lot of things. Um, you know, I look back at some of the programming from back then and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's, that's criminal. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, uh, I think those were the two big ones. And then, um, and, and then I think, you know, just trial and error at that point. And then I think you're inspired by everybody at that point. I think you're inspired and, and pick up things from everyone you meet and, and, you know, all the different coaches, you know, your contemporaries and, and everyone in the field. And I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing coaches. And, you know, I, I kind of, I feel lucky that a lot of the athletes that I was able to coach have now gone on uh, out on their own. And, you know, so I feel like I've, I've got a little bit of that coaching tree now, you know, that, and it's really cool to see some of those athletes that, that uh, I was able to coach who now are some of the elite coaches in the sport, you know, like Dave Charbonneau's forged by Zeus, um, you know, Chris, Chris Clyde, obviously is a great coach. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many of them that, that uh, I was lucky enough to, to have, you know, either as an athlete or by my side, as a coach, Dave was my, assistant coach for the brawler. So, you know, um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of how things started at dynamics. Uh, mm -hmm. and then, and then we, our first games team was 2013. We came in fifth and, and then I was also coaching, um, some individual athletes at the time and, and then grid happened and, uh, I'll uh, forever be grateful for, for that. It's, it's, you know, as good of a, as good of a time as I've ever had coaching, it was probably the most fun that, I, that I've ever had. I mean, incredibly stressful, but, but just an incredible experience. Um, and then the relationships we've made, the grid family, I think will, will always be extremely strong. And, and from there, I, I got to meet so many incredible athletes, so many incredible coaches that, that I've now carried on those relationships throughout, you know, throughout the years. And, and, um, you know, it, it was, it was a very special, you know, three years for sure. Yeah. You got exposure to a ton of athletes too, with, with those teams and, you know, just all across the country. And I remember like Sam Briggs, was she, was she on a great team and Noah Olson. She, and so, so Sam had originally signed, but then Progenics told her they would, they would uh they would fire her i guess essentially like take her sponsorship away she had originally signed with the la rain so she ended up not doing it but noah did he he did uh yeah um two his first two years he did the first two years for the la rain actually we almost signed him with the brawlers um but his coach at the time was dusty highland and dusty was mm -hmm. the first coach of the la rain uh and noah's hilarious and i love dusty but noah's funny because every time i see him he'd be like coach should have let you sign me to the brothers right. um you know the the rain uh the rain did, did not have an extremely distinguished uh grid record they were they were winless in their time during grid but um but but yeah no one and uh, i i could i mean there's a there's a million you know there's so many athletes yeah. I mean, people forget like matt frazier you know he was he, he was on the, the the new york team you know the first year annie thor's daughter um you know all these all these unbelievable athletes um 
that and they, were, they took and, a risk doing it too right i mean like crossfit was not happy about well crossfit oh. was not happy and then the, a lot of the crossfit sponsors that was the big deal was this the yeah. sponsorship the specifically you know i would say specifically progenics um was the one that was the one that was really big at the time that had a ton of athletes that just threatened to to get rid of everybody and i love there were some athletes who who um you know, stood their ground, you know, Lindsay Valenzuela was one of them. And, and there were a few others that were like, fuck you, you know, and I can, I don't know if I can say that. Can I say that? You can absolutely Unless, say that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so yeah, she, she was one of them and, and we had a few on our team, you know, um, at the time that were really high profile CrossFit athletes, Marcus Hendren was one on our team. who was a super high profile, um, CrossFit athlete, but there were others throughout the league that, that stood their ground and, you know, um, I think I think Grid would have been incredibly successful had they had a different business model and not spent so much money. I think if they had figured out the third year, they figured out the third year of the model they needed, but they had just spent so much money the first two years that at that time, I think the investors just weren't willing to continue to pump millions of dollars in. But I think all of us, especially the first the first two years, like. I think all the athletes will tell you it was just an incredible experience. And, and a lot of the coaches will tell you that as well. And the relationships we've made, um, I'm still, I mean, my, my brawler family are, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be some of my closest friends uh, forever. So, you know, it's been yeah. awesome. And you, I know a lot of coaches that have, you know, great relationships with their athletes, but you seem to have a really special bond with your folks. I mean, very close, even though, you know, you haven't maybe, engage with them in a coaching capacity, you know, in years that you still treat them like family. I mean, where does that come from? Yeah, I, th I think that's a good question. I, um, I think it's one of the reasons why I never had like a huge athlete roster. Um, and I, I think part of that is just because for me, I, I can't help but get emotionally invested it's just my nature. Uh, you know, I, I think that when an athlete trusts their livelihood with you, you can't help but love that person. You can't help but feel a special bond with them. And I'm actually getting choked up about it. Um, sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, I, um, I know just in interactions with, um, you know, uh, Khan, for instance, you know, yeah. Khan's been through a lot in his career and yeah. he, you know, he loves you. Oh, um, right. and there, I, I could him. say that about so many, you know, Taylor Stallings. I too. Loves love you. Khan. Yeah. We, <laughs> all, we all love Khan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Khan's like my son. I love Khan. Uh, yeah. And Taylor is like family. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I just, like I said, I think that there's, there's something about that trust. Um, you know, and I know, listen, there are, there are some incredibly successful coaches who don't get that way. Right. Like they, um, they, they have, it's more of a business relationship and, and they still have, they, they still get the most out of their athletes. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to do it that way. I, 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 well, and there, I, are, there are other coaches too, that are really close to your athletes and it's creepy. Yeah. So I, you know, well, 
that either. <laughs> but but here's what I think. I think when I think of like the base of the pyramid of CrossFit, you know, we talk about the nutrition. When when I look at coaching or teaching, you know, I look at the base of that pyramid is relationships. I think you have to build a relationship with people um, in order for them to hear and receive the information that you're giving them. It's much easier to hear something, you know, challenging and harsh from somebody who cares about you than it is yeah. to hear from some Joe Schmo, you know? Right. No, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think, I think tr- that, that trust is such a huge part, you know, like I, I know, you know, for Carrie, uh, or for Khan, you know, or, or, or for some of the athletes that I coach and, and this year was tough. It was a tough year because, you know, like I, I had a, I have several athletes. I had four athletes that qualified for the games this year, and and you know it was it was taken away, and that was hard, you know, uh, for them. Um, and I was so happy to be able to to experience that, you know, with with them, and and you know this idea that we were going to be able to go out to 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 madison as a family and and be able to experience this thing that you know look, it's a once in a lifetime experience you never know if you're going to go back you know and you reach the pinnacle of your sport and and then everything happened obviously and um but I, but i think you know that that i just am I, I just am able to to create uh a bond with my athletes uh they they trust me and i i give them everything that i can you know, I know how important it is. I know that the window is short, you know, for, for, for the athlete. I know that they, they, they don't have, uh, the shelf life, you know, their shelf life is, is only this, this much, you know? So, uh, the fact that they're willing to, to trust me and, and put, put all of that confidence in me to be able to help get them where they need to get to. Like I, you know, I don't know, it just, it, it fills your heart, you know, and, and you can't help, you can't help, but feel, um, you just can't help it, but, but feel that love and, and that bond towards them. And I don't know any other way. It's just, that's just the way I am. So. Yeah. That's special. So you talk a little bit about Carrie, um, and we've agreed and we've had conversations on the podcast before about how she's very underrated. Right. Um, just sort of flies under the radar, but it's so yeah. consistent. Um, and you made a comment in a social media post uh, a while back about the fact that, you know, she's not, um, you know, bearing her ass on Instagram, right, to yeah. get viewers and things like that. And now that you're, you know, a father of a young girl, right, I imagine that that's even more important to you. So just unpack that a little bit for us in terms of how you feel about carrying her disposition. So I talk about athletes and I talk about like, I, it, I always talk with my athletes about your, their legacy. Like, what do you want your legacy to be? Right? Like, do you want, do you want people to remember you um, for your accomplishments on the fields? Or do you want them to remember you from, from bearing your ass on social media? I just, and I, I know you know, uh, so my, my daughter gets to watch Carrie almost every day in the gym. Um, and she gets to see someone who I feel is one of the special elite female athletes in the world. Uh, 
and, and not just special from an athletic standpoint, from, but special from every single aspect that you want someone to be as an athlete. Uh, she's, she's genuine. She's disciplined. She's hardworking. She does everything right. She never says a bad word about anybody. Uh, you know, she, she just puts her head down and does work. And I think that that's probably hurt her when that comes to the world that we live in right now with, um, with the way social media is and, 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 you know, followers and likes and all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like, you know, it's a travesty that the number one American female CrossFitter of all time now, there's, it's, it's not debatable now that she's finished on the podium. That's five top tens, three top fives and a podium finish. It's not debatable that she doesn't have an apparel deal that she doesn't have an equipment deal that she doesn't have a shoe deal. Like yeah. there's not one other athlete in the top 10 that you can say that about on the female side. Okay. Um, but I, why? I don't know why, you know, but I'll tell you when it comes to someone who I want to be a role model for my daughter, like she's the one, you know, like she's that person. And, you know, I, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I say some controversial things sometimes. I don't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I'm just going to speak my mind. So at the end of the day, you know, like you do you, you, you do whatever you want to do, but, but just understand that, uh, you know, like that's how you're going to be remembered too. Like, you know, and, and if, 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 if that's the way you want to be remembered, then that's fine. But I know that if it was my daughter, that I would want her to be remembered for her accomplishments on, on the competition floor. And, and that's what Carrie's going to be remembered for. And, and I, you know, I couldn't be prouder of that. 100%, 100%. Um, what's next for you two, specifically? I, for, I assume for, you gave her a little bit of a break this week. Oh, yeah, for, for however long <laughs> she wants. Yeah, she gets a break however long she wants. Um, so so she, she, she has a break as long as she wants. Um, I, uh, we're going to go out to dinner this week, which would be nice to uh, celebrate. I've just been decompressing the last few days. I'll be honest. These things always take a lot out of me. I, I'm sure. I'm just that type of person like I just get completely wrapped up in it and so emotionally and mentally and spiritually physically like my wife knows I come back from these and I usually get sick <laughs> that's just the way it is um it's happening it was happening great it always happened in you know the games and stuff and um you know I have some other athletes that I coach that, that I'm you know obviously still working with and um I have an athlete who's currently out in Lake Placid at, at the uh, bobsled, um, you know, uh, Kelsey Keel, who I, who I yeah. coach, who's, who's now, um, you know, doing bobsled and, and, um, you know, we, we have, um, a few athletes that, um, I think are going to be moving to Las Vegas, um, that I'm going to be heard. starting heard, to work baby. with. Yeah. I think it's, it's, uh, pretty exciting. I think we're, we're probably going to have a, a pretty fit, fit crew here, uh, about five or six athletes. Um, it's going to be, it, it looks to me like it's pretty cool. Like the way that I'm seeing things, right. You've got like Cookville, obviously you've got Nashville. You know, I think Vegas is now going to be a spot. Um, so, uh, you know, you're going to have like these different places 
it, it uh, kind of become destinations, I think, for, for athletes to come and train and, and have a little bit of fun with, um, you know. Um, but I think it's awesome. I, I think it only elevates. I mean, look, Jesus Christ, look at Tia. Nah, I mean, oh, my God, you know. And um, I just think when you train with elite, with, with elite competitors, you can't help but raise your game as long as you go in uh, without – an ego and an open mind like that's the biggest thing right like you you've got to understand that some days you're gonna get your ass handed to you um and that's fine uh you, you got to understand that it, it it to be the best you you train with the best sometimes you get beaten by the best and that's the way it goes and i have a you know that we had a really like nice glimpse of it prior to stage two with some of these athletes that came here and um i think it's going to be really exciting uh, what what we're gonna have around here pretty soon? So, I'm um, I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah, gonna it's cool. gonna be fun to watch. You talked too about potentially you know starting uh, an affiliate out there, Dynamics Vegas. Do you have your sights on an affiliate cup challenge in the future? Uh you know I I. So after 2016, uh, we had a, a a pretty high profile team and. I just felt like I kind of needed to take a break from coaching teams. It was, it's a, it's a kind of a different an, animal, you know, um, I did it with grid. I did it with dynamics and melding all those personalities. It's, it's hard. Um, is it possible? Sure. I think we need to kind of see what the rules are going to be. Um, we have to kind of see where, where CrossFit's going as far as qualification process, uh, what they're going to allow, what they're not going to going to allow. Um, so, you know, I don't, I'll never say never because I love a challenge. Uh, but I, but I certainly think that um, in the immediate future that, um, you know, that we're, we're going to look to just try to produce and, and create the best athletes we can in whatever sport that is. So I, I, what I'd love to do is, is create, you know, a kind of a training hub that's not exclusive to CrossFit. What I'd love is to be able to create uh, an elite training facility that, you know, crosses all, all genres of sports and, and get some, some of the best coaches around to get in there and some of the best athletes around. I think Vegas is just lends itself to that because of the, of the weather and, and also the, the, the different things we have with Red Rock and, and, and Mount Charleston and, and all these different things, um, I think uh, I think it lends itself to that. So that'd be great. You think we can get Khan out there for it with you? Yeah, he's gonna come definitely. Good. I think he's definitely gonna come. Um, we'd like to we'd like try. to order a podium a podium finish for Khan in the next okay. season. That's what we'd we'll, like we'll, we 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 will try. We will try <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think you guys are about to see Rapunzel who just oh, boy. decided to uh, to come out and oh look at that. That's a beautiful dress. That's uh, Halloween for she's trying it on her Halloween dress. That's Ivy. That's only half the costume. The other costume, so she's going to be Rapunzel during the day. No, she's going to be Rapunzel turning into a werewolf. Right. So she's going to be Rapunzel and then Rapunzel turning into a werewolf. I love it. And, and My, which, cost, which one will she be doing handstand walks in? Um, so yeah so I, yeah she's pretty i don't know if you, yeah she's pretty let's, unbelievable let's talk about that for a second. yeah it's it's astonishing i'm in awe of my three-year-olds she is um she's just a freak like it's awesome um 
you know, it, I, we could tell from a very early age that she had some gifts. And so, you know, we just tried to immerse her and, and she grew up in the gym and, you know, she was doing, you know, handstands and handstand pushups like really early and, you know, strict pull-ups and stuff. And I mean, she just did a set of 10 strict pull-ups and 20 strict handstand push-ups. She's three. Um, but she, you know, gymnastics wise, she's, she's phenomenal, but, but I'll be honest with you, we got out here and on a whim, I was just like, eh, maybe she'll like rock climbing. And she's a prodigy. She's a phenom. Uh, the last few months she's, we, we go to the rock gym like four or five times uh, a week. She's climbing like five eights and five nines as a three-year-old. She's doing things that like the expert climbers in the gym are just like, oh my God, you can never let her stop. <laughs> but, you know, and, and so we're just like, as long as she loves it, you know, um, my wife has forbidden me to coach my own daughter, which I think is great. I think it's a, a great thing. Uh, so I'm going to be her biggest fan. Um, and we'll, I, I, like I said, I think we'll just immerse her and let her see what she likes. I'd like to get her into a field sport just because I don't think there's any substitute for, for running as a kid, you know, getting out and running. So soccer or, or something along those lines. Um, so gymnastics, you know, rock climbing, soccer, and then we see, you know, we see what happens, but, uh, but yeah, it's inspiring, man. I, I, I just, um, you know, I just get giddy watching her. It's pretty awesome. You know? So very cool. So it's so it, fun it, being is Jack's, a dad. Yeah, it is, especially man. a dad of a girl, I think, or, or a mom of a girl. I yeah, say. I'm just she's like, oh god, I love her so much. It's awesome. When yeah. when should we expect Jax to be walking then? If he's what? Jax is pretty <laughs> unreal. He's a he's ahead of where Ivy was actually milestone wise. It's wow. astounding. He he turned over at five weeks, um, and he's already crawling at seven months and standing up i'd be i would be shocked if he wasn't walking by 10 months you know he's mm -hmm. uh he's really ahead of the curve and i think you know just being around her well he's gonna have to be a tough kid because she's really she's she's an aggressive lover so like <laughs> she just you know <laughs> she's she's definitely tough so he's gonna have to be tough to survive which is good um but uh but yeah you know i i think uh I think it, 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 he's not going to be able to help but just kind of follow because she just is so active. So I'm sure he's he's going to be as well, which is cool. And hopefully, he'll, you know, I'm hoping the one thing that, that, that we haven't really kind of pushed and I don't want to push, but my wife and I are, are both, you know, musicians. My wife was was uh, musical theater, incredible singer and and toured, you know, doing all different shows and stuff. And, um, and then, you know, I have a musical background. So, uh, we, we're, we're hoping that one of them will pick that up too. So she, she, Ivy can sing, but she doesn't, I don't know that it's in her core. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if, if maybe Jax will have it. So that would be kind of fun too, um, to, to have that, you know, that kind of, I, I just, I just think it's cool to have that, it, it, you know, be, be proficient in the arts as well. It's pretty cool. So, so since you mentioned your music career, um, did you just sing or did you play instruments as well? Yeah. So I, I, when I was performing outright, I was a front man. So I, I, I was a pretty good dancer and, and, and singer. Um, I played enough piano and guitar to write. So I, I, um, I wouldn't say that I was a, 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 a great player, um, but enough to be able to, to write. And I, I did, uh, you know, co-write or write all, all the song, all my songs, you know? Um, so 
So how do you come up with the group name Gravy? Oh wow. So that's a, <laughs> that's cool. Um so I was that was I was the last ingredient of Gravy actually. Gravy was a was a band <laughs> in Philadelphia. They were this super cool um like acid jazz funk man. Um that they, and they had like this regular gig at, at this at this place called Martini's Lounge back in Philly. And I had just graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and, and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, with 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 singing and with my career. And uh, I did a, a, a show with the with the bass player and, and he heard me sing and he was like, hey, we're trying to go in a different direction. <laughs> Excuse me with the band. Um, do you want to come and audition? And I went and auditioned and, and they, they, they fired their, their singer they had at the time and hired me. And the band at that time was all, was a cover band. And then we, we went the original route. Um, and the band was so good. We, we really, it was an amazing band and it was just like most bands didn't survive because it was a bunch of egomaniacs that wanted to, you know, get all the glory and write their own songs. So I actually moved from Philadelphia with the guitarist, up to New York, we signed a management deal um, in 2000, and and then uh, we were a duo for a while, and then he was kind of kooky, and he left, and then I was a solo artist uh, from from like 2002 to 2009, and um, yeah, it was cool. You know, I had an EP, I had a record that was on iTunes, it was on the charts in Europe, and did you know toured and open for some really cool artists and did some really cool things and uh you know is it true that you played at donald trump's wedding uh, uh, yeah so i was in, a, in an event band we did uh, which wedding trump. yeah yeah <laughs> the, the, the newest one okay. uh, we, so we were at mar-a-lago down in uh, palm beach we did that we did a bunch of uh of i uh, did we we did a bunch of of really cool gigs like uh did the red cross gala ball for the prince of monaco uh i did that out in uh, monte carlo uh i did um uh the the ceo of reebok his uh 50th anniversary with uh, his wife at their estate in um in um cape cod uh i did uh, a bunch of of crafts parties uh with this band the, the, you know, so I, I was like a hired gun for a while as far as a singer. Like I did a lot of commercials, did a lot of jingles, and I also worked in a, in a bunch of event bands and, and one event band specifically, which which was a really elite event band, um, you know, and, and great singers, great musicians. And uh, and we did a, a lot of really, really fun, fun gigs. So, um, yeah, you have, yeah, a, you have an cool. incredible, incredible voice. I mean, it doesn't oh, I have a hard time marrying the voice and and your face like i just most doesn't people do yeah yeah <laughs> but, um, I, I would i would actually say you're kind of the precursor to alan stone and you have that same vibe you were probably yeah. around first <laughs> yeah i i think uh like i always like to say i was kind of robin thick before robin thick right like yeah, yeah i like, can see that like that type of thing and it was even it was even less pop though it was even more like on the soul side of things um yeah, man, it was fun. I had a great time. And I always say, like, people always like, why did you stop? And it was like, I, I love music. And I, I, I loved, there was no, listen, there's no better feeling on earth than, than, than being on stage and performing. But I just didn't love the music industry. And I didn't love what it was doing to me. And I didn't love the way, the person I was becoming. And, uh, and I felt like if I didn't make some significant changes, 
that um, that that you know I wasn't happy with where my life was going, and and I made those changes, and and uh, and I'm you know I'm, I'm extremely grateful where I am now. It's it's amazing. This is now my stage, so yeah. you know it's it's pretty cool to to be able to you know, have, be able to still affect people because I think music does great music affects people. It affects hopefully in, in positive ways, but it, it affects people and it, it can make positive changes. And I feel like that's, you know, something that we're still doing and what we do at dynamics and, and luckily what I've been able to do with, with a lot of athletes. So. so, so my last question is, do you still dabble a little bit just as like a, like a relaxation type thing, or did you just turn away from it and, and all the way into the fitness? Oh, I would say I dabbled and I, I was doing both up until about 2015. Uh, and then it just, just became too, it just became too challenging to do both because I'm the type of person that I'm, I really kind of dive head first into things and it's hard to, to, to get out of it what you want to get out of it um, without really committing a hundred percent to it. Um, so I, I, um, I would say now it's, I just, you know, listen to music. Um, and I don't, sorry, my, my three year old. I would assume, had, I would assume the kids got a good answer. lullaby or two though, maybe when they were babies. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And my wife and I will still, we'll still, you know, we'll still sing a bit, um, we'll sing around, you know, we sang at our wedding, we sang our, um, our wedding song together and uh and uh we we um will sometimes um you know sing some stuff for people a few friends have asked us to get up and do some stuff for their weddings and whatnot um but yeah mostly just listen now and and uh you know music is just an outlet like a stress stress you know um just stress reducing outlet just listening there's there's you know artists that i love i'm an old i'm an old soul head so you know Stevie Wonder and Donnie Hathaway and, and Marvin Gaye and and then a lot of like the neo soul artists from the 90s uh like late 90s D'Angelo Maxwell like that type of stuff I'm just uh that's like stuff that you know to me I can still listen to and it you know it kind of takes me away so takes you back. Yeah. yeah yeah well this has been a super fun hour I cool. really appreciate your time yeah. um we wish you all the best. You're clearly super fulfilled in what you've, what you've been doing. And um, we, as fans of the sport, just, you know, wish you the most success in the future. Uh, we'll be cheering on all your athletes and uh, we're really looking forward to seeing what's to come, you know, this next 2021 season. Me too. I, yeah. I am also. You've got to be one of the most interesting men I've ever talked to. Oh, yeah, pretty cool. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah. And I look, look forward to, uh, we'll, we'll do it again someday. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully we're, we're we can see to, you in person, you know, yeah, one we're of looking these to days. do a team building. Maybe we do it in Vegas. Hey, come see us, man. <laughs> us, I, I love it. Let us know when Khan will be out there and we'll be there. <laughs> okay. I will. I, I will, Amy. No problem. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you guys take care. Thank you so you much. You have a great day, Justin. Yeah, thank you, thank Justin. you so much. You too. All right. Bye-bye now. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening and a special thank you to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. Head over to rxsmartgear.com for 15% off everything with the exception of special editions and new releases using our promo code. That's Clydesdale15, all caps. 
Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.